a new year full of surprises. But one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts of up to 89% off USPS and UPS services. So when postage goes up, your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com is like your own personal post office, wherever you are. You can even take orders on the go with the mobile app. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Schedule package pickups, automatically find the cheapest and fastest shipping options, and seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. There's even a supply store where you can stock up on mailing supplies, labels, even printers. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. All you need is a computer or phone and printer. Take a chunk out of your mailing and shipping costs this year with Stamps.com. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage, and free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. It's been a while since we had acting talent on the show, so it gives us great pleasure to welcome the wonderful John Sim to Soundtracking, the Screen Music Podcast with me, Edith Bowman. John has appeared in so many fantastic productions. He's perhaps best known for his roles in Life on Mars as Sam Tyler and Doctor Who as The Master. His films include Wonderland, Human Traffic and 24-Hour Party People and we'll obviously be featuring tracks from all these projects throughout the conversation. He's also an accomplished musician, with plenty more about his exploits on that front to come. But we begin with the fantastic Collateral, one of his most recent outings which aired on the BBC earlier this year. And for reasons that will become clear shortly, it's probably... The only time in history anyone has discussed the work of David Hare, accompanied by some 1990s UK jungle. John, welcome to Soundtrack, and it's a real pleasure to see you. And I was just saying, I've been lucky enough to see two episodes of your your new BBC series, Collateral, that's coming on. Bloody great. Oh, thanks. Was thanks. it instant for you when you read the script then? Yeah, do you know what? I took the job without reading the script. <laughs> did you? Yeah, I, I never do that. And, and I knew SJ, the director, because we met up when we were both working in America for lunch, and she was telling me about this script that Sir David Hare had sent her, and, uh, and she told me about it, and I thought, it's like State of Play, and she said, it is like State of Play, it's that good. And she was umming and ahhing whether to do it or not, and then she, eventually she did do it, and I was on something else, and she called me and said, look, me and David would love to offer you the MP, and I said, yes. <laughs> yes, um, and now can I read it? And so he sent me the scripts and obviously it was great. That's a real lovely example of trust with you work with her on Life on Mars. So, yeah. so there's a long-standing relationship there. I would do anything to work with her on anything. Aww. She's so brilliant. She's got such brilliant energy and she's just fantastic. You know, yeah. She's my favourite. And I think she's um, David Hare's favourite now because I mean, she would literally <laughs> say, you can't say this, David, this is shit. And she, this, is, this is rubbish. And he go, oh, really? Uh, okay, SJ, what, what would you... And she just put a pen through it. And go, people don't talk like this. And I've never heard anyone talk to him like that. That's I don't think awesome. anyone ever has. And he loved it. He was like, well, that's okay. That's a great idea. Yes, well, let's change it. And she just told it how it is. And, oh, yeah. man. So the, ma- the, the two of them together, match made in heaven. They're made for oh, each other. Great. So this, is, this podcast is about music. 
worthy is Great. the backdrop of it. It's funny, when I was kind of diving into chatting to you and, and kind of just reminding myself of all the brilliant stuff that you've done in the past, and I find myself re-watching one particular scene from a film that you were in years ago. I'm not going to put a number on it, but it's a few years ago, yeah. at Human Traffic. Oh, yeah. Which, obviously, music was such a key part to that film. But that DJ track in the record shop... When they go in, uh, oh, got any in, jungling guy? Oh my one. god, it's just—it's <laughs> such an iconic scene and such an iconic film. Dancing in the, <laughs> just, in the jungle he, he's, he's, he's behind the deck, oh, he's, he's doing the gurning face. Yeah, it's just. I watched it again and again because I remember when the film came out and just going. It was, music was such a part of it. It was a character in the yeah, film and it yeah. it was colour and it was light and shade. It was so many things to that film. Yeah, yeah. Um, such a great soundtrack. Oh, Bloody great hell. soundtrack. Any jungling guy? I got the Tarzan and Jada jungle just swinging on the vine this morning, mate. I'm telling you, this could turn Ari Krishna into a bad boy. and Pete Tong as music yes. sort of, you know, yeah. kind of uh, right. consultants and, and things on that. What I remember from it is um, the beginning one, the down, 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 the fat boy slim, tear yeah. it up, build it up, tear it down. As an actor, does music come into to your craft at all? Do you use music much? Um, as an actor, no. I mean, as a person, it's been my whole life. I mean, that's what I used to do before, mm. and so yeah, music is the most important thing in my life, apart from my family, <laughs> um, and more than anything. And, you know, it's soundtrack my whole life. But as an actor, only on stage. 
So the only time I listened to music to prepare was when I played Hamlet when I was 40. I played the Crucible. Wow. And um, I listened to Philip Glass before I went on. Symphony Number no. 3, Movement 3, I think it was. And that really, that even when I, if I hear that now, I start to get nervous. <laughs> it's got like flashbacks. <laughs> yeah. Film and when you when you're filming, it doesn't really because it's all out of sequence and mm -hmm. you know I I work differently and I don't have that buzz and I don't have the same it's not the same thing at all it's very different so but um, soundtracks have always been very important to me and like from the lakes I was I helped with that soundtrack yeah I'd echo on the Bunny Man and Charlatans things yeah. like that back in the day and 24 hour party people yeah of course you were Bernard Sumner yeah that was a great soundtrack <laughs> yeah. yeah which you sang on as well and we sang in the film you did the acoustic oh, did. version of Blue Monday I did the acoustic version yeah. of Blue Monday because <laughs> they they didn't turn up the track didn't turn up and is that why yeah it, we, I was putting mind to it and because it, it's you know Blue Monday it's electronic <laughs> and I thought I said to him look I can work out these chords and teach Ralph Little a couple of things on the bass and um, I did and, and he we did it and he said no I'm gonna keep that in <laughs> it was like no <laughs> but it worked he was all right yeah how does it feel to treat me like you do when you've laid your hands upon me told me who you are I thought I was mistaken no band ever survives the death of their lead singer so when Joy Division became New Order, no one expected them to succeed. There's even a visual imagination of the new mock-up. It's like a floppy disk. Floppy disk. It's fucking brilliant. It's pure, it's workmanlike, it's poetic. It's expensive. Four-colour printing. Cut out gatefold. Well, it's fucking beautiful. I never count the cost of music, you should know that. Say what I need to say. Talk to you about these sleeves. Yeah, sure. Have you costed it? Because I have. We lose five pence on every single one of these records that we sell. We're going to sell for calls, so it doesn't matter.
we had Michael on the show actually and it was a real joy actually to get him to delve in and remind himself of that film and, and also just kind of the journey that the film took, you know, along the way things he couldn't get hold of or he didn't get clearance for and all that kind of stuff yeah. but such important characters in this whole scene and, mm. and it was great. What's your memories of that whole Well, I, I knew Michael before because we, we did a film called Wonderland yeah. which also had a brilliant soundtrack actually, Michael Nyman yeah. soundtrack which was great. When I read, and I, I think I read in the enemy or whatever it was at the time, did, was that going? I can't remember. Some select or something. It was doing it. Melody maker. Yeah, one of those. <laughs> and um, I rang him immediately and went, um, "Am I gonna be in this?" Because he knew that that was my world. That was my youth. I yeah. Grew, that's, it was my everything, and I, I got to be in this. You know, Joy Division and the Mondays and the Roses and the, all my favorite bands. You know, New Order. And so I was desperately trying to think of who I looked like. <laughs> <laughs> Who can I play? Who can I play? And um, he said it. Oh, well, yeah, you look a bit, bit like, but you could probably say, play Bernard Sumner. I went, great, great. Yes, great. And that was that. So I would have killed him if I wasn't in it. But it was what a joy to do. Yeah. And I got to meet Tony Wilson and we became friends. And that oh, was wow. wonderful. What was he like? Oh, he was the most incredible man. Beautiful, beautiful man. Really kind, funny and just great. For a brief period, you know, and, and we were in touch for a while. Every time I filmed in Manchester, we once we filmed in his flat, and I said, "I'm in your flat," um, and there's loads of really rare Joy Division posters, and uh, they're all on the floor. And he he was there within five minutes. There's a car <laughs> outside. So I was going to nick them, but um, he was brilliant. He was with us the whole time on 24-hour party people. He was there the whole time. He came to Cannes with us, and that he was great. Did you meet Bernard? Yeah, I did. I did know him for a while. I didn't meet him before. <laughs> I played him. Yeah. Would that be weird? <laughs> oh, that was a bit weird. I met him at the <laughs> bloody premiere, and he was sat right behind me. No! Yeah. In fact, I did meet him once, but we were a little bit leathered when we filmed the bit in the Hacienda, the rebuilt the Hacienda, yeah. which was an incredible day, yeah. which was insane, actually. You sort of go back in time for, for one night only. And he was wandering around going, it's exactly the same. It even stinks of piss. <laughs> and he was wandering around, you know. And that's the first time I met him, but he doesn't remember that. And, and so he was sat behind me in the premiere. It was just terrifying. Oh, mate, that's uncomfortable. Terrifying. I was sinking down in my seat. At the end of it, he put his arm on my shoulder and said, great, great. Oh. And I was like, oh, thank God. Oh, man. Thank God. And then I, think, and then I met him a few times when we were in London. I, I got on stage with New Order. They played Finsbury Park. Oh, wow. Which was a hell of an experience and did digital with them, which was crazy. That's Crazy. amazing. Yeah, so we sort of knew each other for a little while. We're going to play a song here tonight that we haven't played for 25 years. Yeah, if we've got to thank 24 it's Hour Party People. Digital. If we've got to thank 24 Hour Party People for one thing, it's this. Here it's dedicated to Mr. John Sim, who's 
He kept saying, are you, are you a big fan? And we were together once on our own. He said, are you a big fan? I went, yeah, you know, yeah, 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 I suppose. My phone went off and it was Blue Monday. Totally, totally caught red-handed there. <laughs> oh, that's a really lovely example of kind of, you know, music being your world before acting, mm. that suddenly, because of your acting, it takes you full circle so strange. to being on a huge stage in front of a massive audience. Yeah, it was very, very strange. There were scenes that we filmed in um, at the Manchester Apollo when we played, I don't know if it's in the film, I think there's little flashes of it, and we, I mimed to Bizarre Love Triangle um, with a crowd, and that was like dreams coming true when you're 16 in the mirror. I was actually pretending to be in New Order, and I was in New Order, and there was a massive crowd in front of me. It was like, it was unbelievable. It was unbelievable. Every time I think of you, I feel I was in a band and we supported Echo and the Bunnymen and we played Brixton Academy and that was one of the greatest nights of my life. It was just, yeah, so it's, it's a huge part and it all did come full circle with that one film. Have you given up music completely then or do you still play in a band? Do you still Well, we, have that we did a gig a couple of years or? ago and we got together, but we're all got kids and live in different parts of the country <laughs> and, you know, we did the tours with the Bunnymen and, and then I played with Ian McCulloch on his solo album Slidling, yeah. it was called. And then I was in his band when he did his gigs, his, his solo gigs. Yeah. And we ended up 
uh, supporting Coldplay <laughs> at Wembley Arena. John, you've done it all. I was so mad. <laughs> but it's like that thing, you know, because my dad put me on stage. And he's, bless him, he's no longer with me now. But he, he was the one, he wanted me to be a guitarist. And so I did, that's what I did. I was in the Northern Clubland circuit for years before I was an actor. And so I, I had that itch to scratch and I do feel like I've itched it. So yeah. it was fine. It's good. I feel yeah. like I've... I've done so it. So I've been on stage with Coldplay and that is a like, new order. Oh, that was like, terrifying. Yeah, it's fine. It was, I think we were... Wembley. I know. Good <laughs> God. I, uh, I, I sort of came straight from the film set and went on, and he said, just come on and do, we're going to do some Velvets covers at the end. And then we're going to do, like, um, The Killing Moon. And everyone went great and started packing up. And I was like, um, I don't I don't know it, I don't know it. And the bass player had to teach it to me. And it was always terrifying, <laughs> terrifying. So I, I'd gone through it once and then went on and played it. It was terrifying. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, check, Mad. done that, yeah. been there. That's absolutely amazing. Under blue moon I saw you So soon you'll take me Up in your arms to lay Never to do with the acting, always to do with Ian McCullough. Me, I, so the reason I met him was like because he'd seen the lakes. I was queuing up to get his autograph, and he sort of pointed and said, "Oh, you're in the lakes." I was like, "Oh my God!" It was one of those moments. You think, Ugh. and that's how we met. So it was all. It's, I've always been sort of impressed by musicians, and more than anybody else, really. Yeah. I sort of go to pieces in front of them, not same. actors. Same, absolutely same. Talk about Doctor Who because that's this wonderful institution that just regenerates and just constantly reappeals to and introduces new generations. It's such a clever and yeah. and, and successful thing as well. And, and I mean, were you a Doctor Who fan growing up? Yeah, I used to watch um, Tom Baker. I, I was the regeneration from John Pertwee mm -hmm. to Tom Baker. I remember that very clearly. Yeah. And Doctor Who to me means the smell of tea bags. <laughs> Because we used to get, is it? I can't remember which brand, but it might was it PG Tips? And maybe I'm just oh, saying no, that. Oh no, I used to have a vague memory. Got of that, Doctor yeah. Who cards in there, and then you could send off and get a whole 
wall chart and you put the cards on the wall chart and I remember saving up for that wall chart. And so I used to empty the tea bags out to get the card. Yeah. And so now, so yeah, the smell of tea bags <laughs> reminds me of Doctor Who. It's the back <laughs> of couches for me of hiding behind them oh, as yeah. soon as the Daleks came oh. anywhere near the screen when I was at my grand, smell of my granddad's couch probably just hiding behind it. Kind yes, of thing. yeah. That noise. Playing the master, it's kind of, you've got an amazing reception to that part and to, yeah. to be yeah. part of that. Yeah, amazing. My, my, I was always terrified of the Cybermen. Really? Yeah, and in the last one, he he created the Cyberman, which was quite <laughs> mad. Yeah, it was quite mad. Yeah, it's um, I was I'm blessed with it. Really, it was fantastic. I'm so glad. I've I've been through two doctors now, David and Peter Capaldi, mm. both amazing yeah. actors, and so I just feel blessed. And I, I thought after the first one, they wouldn't. You know, I'm finished. I'm done. I'm a woman now. You know, and uh, Michelle Gomez was doing such a brilliant job. But Stephen rang me and said, "Look, you know, it's Doctor Who. You can do anything." It's time travel. Yeah. I was like, okay, I'll, I'll come back. And so it was a real thrill to be able to come back. And yeah. I, if jo if they asked me to do it opposite Jodie, I would be, you know, jump at it. Yeah. yeah. She's amazing, and it's brilliant that she's doing it. And that's the other thing about it as well, is because they have different directors who work on it, so you get the chance to work with different people. Yeah. I remember speaking to Ben Wheatley, and he was just beside himself that he was getting the opportunity to direct an yeah. episode and yeah. stuff. I think that that's really clever of them as well, because you get a different skew on things with each time they introduce a different director as well. Absolutely, absolutely, they do, and and it's a thrill for everybody. I mean, all the direct, you know, directors and the writers, because now I think Chris Chibnall has taken over, mm -hmm. and he used to write for Life on Mars. So you know, I've got you're going to be back in there. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but they're all really thrilled that Rachel Talale, who did the ones that I've just, that I was just in the last Peter Capaldi ones. Yeah, she is such a huge fan. I mean, it just trickles down. Everybody to do with that whole show, it's like a family. And going back was like I was there last week. Mm -hmm. and it was, you know, heart, most of the same people were there. Yeah, and they just love it. And you, it all goes on the screen. Yeah, it's it's a great show to work on. I'm really excited to see what Jodie does with it. So am I. She's, she's extraordinary. She's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. She's yeah. got. She's so ballsy as well. It's yeah. great. mention the village as well which was oh just thank a you beautiful piece of television oh thanks it i really I was, was. Yeah, i really loved that i the first one especially and i'm really disappointed with the reception that it got it got like it was on the wrong time it was on sunday night mm -hmm. and um so everybody was like oh my god it's great but it's grimmer than grim grimsville and <laughs> grimsby and I, I was like oh come on it's not you know it's not dad's army it's about yeah. PTSD in World War One, and it's like, come on. Such an important story to tell. It's such an important story to tell. And it was Antonia Bird, who's one of my heroes, director. It was sadly her last ever thing, because she died in post-production. And so it was her last thing. Yeah. And I just, 
working with Maxine and I just I oh, loved it. You two it. together was just was great. magical to watch. It really, really was. Oh, thank you. It was, it was lovely to do. And then uh, unfortunately it stopped. But I just think it was a scheduling thing. It's very strange. Because you kind of, the way that you people consume TV now as well is so different. So different. You know, in terms of, there aren't really that many moments where the whole family kind of sits down. No, apart from like your Doctor Who's maybe or, and stuff like yeah. that. So it's, you know, maybe on the positive side of that is that if something like The Village was on now, it would more people would, would get what, what you were trying to do with it and yeah, really it appreciate how great it was and important it was as well. Yes, I think you're right. I yeah. think we just missed out on this, because um, we live in the future now, don't we? <laughs> <laughs> it was, we are in we Doctor are Who, in pretty the much. Future, yeah. And we just missed, yeah, I think you're right. You're right, it's a shame. Adrian Crocker's theme tune's really haunting too. Yes. excited because um, Paul Andrew Williams who made a great programme called um, Murdered by My Boyfriend a couple of years yes, ago. Yes, yes. You've got a I'm project with, with him, him yeah. right now. White, is it White Dragon? White Dragon, yeah. We're doing that right now, yeah. That sounds, sounds really interesting. Yeah, I mean, it's another really intense heavy part. <laughs> got to do a comedy, Edith. I really, I need to or do just a... go on stage with a massive uh, rock band. Yeah, I'll do that instead, yeah. <laughs> um, who would it be? Who would it be if, if, if you I could get on stage, stage with, with anyone? a massive rock band? Yeah. Any stage, any band, where, oh, who would it be? Oh, that's difficult. Well, I've done the order. So where <laughs> done do you, Wembley. Where do you go? <laughs> you know, I've I've, who would I get on stage with? Oh, Madison you know, Square the Gardens stones. with the stones. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the stone roses, I saw the Madison oh, Square Garden. Them. Did yeah. you? I went, we flew over, me and my wife, we flew over for the night. To oh, lush. Oh, they were just amazing. I was so chuffed to be part of the premiere for Shane Meadows. Oh my, Shane Meadows, yeah, the God, film. and the doc that he made, which was brilliant. Yeah. And so we did the premiere in Manchester, and they all came. Yeah. And I mean, I've interviewed Manny on a number of occasions, and and Ian and stuff, but I'd never met John before. I was speechless. I didn't know what to say to him. You know, I hear those Stone Rosie songs, and I'm suddenly 15 again. Yeah, same. And just kind of losing my shit. It's just bonkers.
same story. Because <laughs> I know Ian and I know Manny. Yeah. And for years and years I've known Ian and Manny, which is Everyone. amazing. <laughs> amazing. Yeah. You know, is that I take for granted. And, but I'd never met John either, and he is my hero. I'm a guitarist, he's my hero. And I've got a signed piece of artwork he's, I got from his brother or something. Never met him. And they played a secret gig just as they got back together. Yeah. And I'd had a few drinks, and we went down there and. Um, <laughs> I went to meet him, and him and Ian were in the kitchen having a few words, and I thought, oh, no, no, don't argue. Um, and Manny went, John, this is John. And I was with Kate, my wife, and when he'd played, he'd, I had the same guitars. He'd played a, a Gibson Les Paul and a Telecaster, same colour. I've got both of those guitars, same, even the same colour. And so as soon as he shook my hand, I just was <laughs> struck dumb, and he went higher, and I went, hi. I went, I've got those guitars. <laughs> And my wife, I could see her going, she was looking at me out the corner of his eye, uh, her eyes, and he went, oh yeah, which ones? And my mind, I couldn't remember the name Gibson or Fender, and I just went, the, um, uh, you know, the, my mind went, and I just, I had a boom, shut down, boom. And he stared at me and stared at me and he was getting uncomfortable, and my wife went, the, the, the black one? And I just went, no, no. And, I need nothing, and then he just stood, and then I started to sweat, and th and then his his wife pulled him away, and he walked off, and I just thought, oh my god, did that just happen? And I looked at her, and I, you think that she would go, no, it's fine, and I went, that was a bit embarrassing, wasn't it? And she went, yeah. <laughs> I think the only thing worse than that would have been if you just cried in front of him. Or I, that's all I could have done. <laughs> I could have just fallen oh, on my I knee and started that. weeping. I love that. But it was one of the most embarrassing moments of my life, and that's the only time I've ever met him. <laughs> when you um, when you signed up for Life on Mars, just to completely flick back to a different time, but when you sign up for something, is there a little kind of inkling that going, oh, this is this is a bit special? Do you have any idea when you started Usually, it? you know, I can tell, I can usually tell, but I couldn't with Life on Mars. <laughs> I, I threw it in the bin. Did I you? I read it the first time, I just, and, and when he got to the bit where he woke up in 1973, I kept turning back going, what? And then I thought, there's something, there's a page missing. <laughs> I thought, what? <laughs> and I read it, and I thought, that is ridiculous. I, that is ridiculous. What? <laughs> and I rang my agent, and she said, have you read it? I went, yeah, it's insane. I was like, what is the, what? <laughs> I don't understand. And she went, well, it's either it'll either really work or it won't. And I went, oh, I just think it's stupid. <laughs> and she went, well, they're really excited about it. So read it again. <laughs> so I went, okay. So I read it again with a, a much more open mind and actually thought, do you know what? If this does work and they can pull this off, this will be quite amazing. And thank God she told me to read it again because, yeah, yeah, it did. And, and it was brilliant. It was fantastic to work on. And yeah, it was wonderful. So, so glad I did it. So different. Yeah. Yeah. That, I mean, that sequence when the song's playing and he wakes up is um, sort of hairs on the back of your neck kind of thing. Yeah. I, I, I was really proud of it.
clever as well in terms of of using music as well yeah within yeah. tv because you know tv most of the time it's quite traditional in terms of the way that scores used or needle drops are used within the narrative and stuff like that but it was really i thought it was yeah, just a really, it was really upfront wasn't yeah it? And, and of course that song and of course the thing that got me was that they had to play it to david and um he watched it <laughs> he watched you on so seen it so to, to give us permission to, to use the song and because we used Live and Let Die in the second episode, they played it to Paul McCartney as well. So it's like, that, that's the one thing that I remember from both it, that, you know, Paul McCartney and David Bowie have both seen it. When you were young and your heart was an open book You used to say, live and let live You know you did, you know you did, you know you did But if this ever changes If they'd have said to, no. no to Lucky from Mars. I mean, the whole show would have had a different title, surely. Yeah, and they would have had to change the title, and he would have had to be listening to something else. Yeah. I am the resurrection. There you well, go. That would have been pretty cool. Yeah, <laughs> that would have been pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, before we go, we really like to get guests to give recommendations to our listeners. So be that a film that they've watched recently, or a TV series, or a soundtrack, or something. Is there anything you'd like? to pass on that you've yeah. seen or listened to recently that you've really loved yeah watched. I'm sure there is if you give me one of course second. I can't yeah the TV show when I was in Hong Kong doing White Dragon the TV was terrible in the hotel so I, I really sort of battered Netflix yeah. and watched a show called Dark have you seen that no it's a German thriller it's like honestly it blew my mind it is all like it, it is like it's like the killing crossed with Back to the Future if Back to the Future was written by Stephen King. That's, that's the best way I can put wow. it. Wow. It's, it's great. It's okay. great. Really complicated, but I had to keep pausing it, going, what? But it was so cool. I was like, yeah, it was amazing. Dark, that was great. So that's my recommendation. I saw a great film, a Western with, uh, oh, um, Christian Bale. Oh, yeah. Hostiles. Uh, Hostiles, Did you yeah. See that? Yes. Oh. Yeah, wow, I thought that was brilliant. Yeah, it Love was. That. Yeah, me too. It was. It was so brutal. Really like brutal. from the start, you're like that. Whoa! Oh, first scene. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I went with my boy and my son, and we were down in our seats, like like the bear bit in Revenant. It was like, oh. Mm. Rosamund Pike's amazing. She's great. It? Yeah, yeah, really good. And it's about redemption, isn't it? It's. I thought it was great. I thought I, I loved did that. Too. Music. I heard a brilliant song the other day. I cannot stop listening to called "Staring at the Sun" by Wooden Ships. Yes. Do you know it? I heard it on Lauren's show on Six Music. I think I. That's where yeah. I heard it. We were and listening I, at the same yes, time, maybe. We were. Yeah. Wow. It was. I it was kind of like timeless. It yes. was. It felt like something from like the '60s, but then also felt really relevant. Had a bit of psychedelia about it. it yeah. Was, it's really yeah, good. Loved it. Can't stop listening to it. Yeah, I waited for it to come out and now I'm like, I've got it on loop. Awesome. I'm driving my wife mad. Yeah. <laughs> um, John, listen, thank you so much for your time. Oh, really excited you. to see White Dragon, but in the meantime, people have got a, a double hit of you with trauma and collateral. So check it out. Thank you for your time. Thank you. Pleasure. Thanks. Cheers, mate. Oh
As recommended by John Sim, that's Staring at the Sun by Wooden Ships, rounding off this latest episode of Soundtracking with the much-loved British actor. My huge thanks to John for taking the time to talk to us and for sharing so many great stories. There's a full Spotify playlist for the show available via edithbowman.com, which is also the place to subscribe to the podcast and catch up with all of our previous episodes. Please do, if you can, follow us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. We are at Soundtracking UK. And do keep spreading the word amongst your friends. We'll be back next week with more chat from the world of film and music. I very much look forward to the pleasure of your company then. Bye.